The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and WadenaRadio.com. This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, the 17th of January. My name is CJ Baumgartner, Corey Tackman, the co-host on the Morning Sports Desk. And Corey, we have a few local things uh, to get to right now. We're not previewing any game. We're not recapping any game. It's uh, kind of a quiet Wednesday for us. They're typically one of the uh, busier days uh, of the Sports Desk because we're recapping some. Thing. We're getting ready to talk about something uh, local sports-wise, but we do have a couple local sports points that we do want to hammer home. Uh, first off, in New York Mills, Ayla Olson uh, recently had reached her 1,000th career point for New York Mills. That's that's uh, that's amazing. <laughs> She's uh, an excellent basketball player and a, and a, a really nice um athlete and um turns out the olsen family has uh, played some pretty high level high school sports over the years and she's just continued that legacy she's she's a fun basketball player to watch if you haven't had the chance to olsen notched her 1000th career point believe uh, a tuesday night a week from tuesday in pillager uh they beat pillager 74 33 new york mills five and six at that point on the season three and two in the park region conference uh they played uh, Bertha Hewitt last week, uh, they came out with a win there, and I'm currently looking to see. They played Verndale last night. Uh, no, I haven't found the score yet on that one. But uh, they uh, New York Mills won in overtime. Overtime, okay. I believe it was a five-point victory. I don't remember. You know, it was. they won in overtime that's what i remember that's the main takeaway all right so new york mills now seven and six on the season five and two in the park region conference so uh, a couple big wins for them and olsen getting that 1000th career point obviously a big uh, driver of that success for new york mills and some other girls have contributed as well but when you get that a thousand point milestone you get a shout out here on the morning sports desk absolutely Uh, let's go Let's go a little bit further west along Highway 10, and let's check things out in Purim. Corey, the Yellow Jackets are having just a, a great season. They're 14-2. and two. They're the sixth-ranked team in Class 2A, according to the QRF. They're the Section 8AA defending champions. Um, they're 7-1 and one in their section, 5-1 and one record in the Heart of Lakes Conference. Um, and they have a player who's reached milestone, Willow uh, Teal. Thiel? Thiel? Uh, what's the? I always mix that one up. What's the uh, proper pronunciation? I, I believe it's Thiel, yeah. It's Thiel. That sounds right. See, where I'm from in Bertha, there's the Thiel family, so Thiel, Thiel. I, it, it's all messed up for me. So uh, I'm glad you're here to balance us out. Uh, what I've learned uh, since moving to central Minnesota is everyone has a different relationship to the TH sound. <laughs> and, uh, everybody who has a relationship with that, they just... I think everyone just nods their head like, yep, I know what you meant. Close enough. I get it. We we got there. Uh, Teal had got her, uh, her 1,000th career rebound, yes. which we talked about 1,000 career points, but 1,000 career rebounds is no uh, small feat either. Well, and, and she had a scoring milestone um, earlier in the season, so she's just racking up these milestones for a very good Perm Yellow Jacket girls basketball team. I believe they are the clear-cut favorites right now in, in 8AA girls hoops. Yeah, they're, and we talked about how good Monaga's been in 8AA. Perm, the defending champions, are 
good again too. So it's going to be a fun to kind of see that materialize and a couple other teams thrown in the mix there. But yeah, right now the yellow jackets are averaging about 68 points a game, only allowing 50. Um, and by the way, uh, for Thiel, um, they, she recently committed to play for the Minnesota Crookston golden Eagles. So she's going to be playing division two college basketball next year. Uh, we have, uh, I know, one more announcement that needs to that we're planning on making. Um, I just came across this literally right now as we speak. <laughs> okay. So I'm adding in a, a third announcement before we move to our final planned piece. From the Bertha Hewitt School's Facebook page. Okay. Zane Guterjohn signed a letter of intent to attend Minnesota State University Moorhead to compete with the Dragon men's cross country and track and field teams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's official news across the Bertha Hewitt Bears country. Congratulations to Zane. He had a pretty nice, uh, I know, cross country season this year. Yeah. Bertha Hewitt finishing top five in state uh, at the state cross country meet. He was one of their lead runners. Him and Brady Rock were, were two of the top there. And Brady a little banged up throughout the season, but Zane pretty much took on that mantle of top runner and, for lack of a better term, ran with it. So it's a, a good for him. And he's going to join his high school teammate, Preston Miller, as well. We mentioned a couple months ago that he was, uh, or a month ago, that he was going to run for the Dragons as well. So there you go. Two birth, that uh, Bertha Hewitt to uh, MSUM pipeline has begun uh, for cross country. So there you go. There's another. Uh, there's another high school tidbit for you. But uh, one last thing on the local sports scene, Corey, that we have to mention is it's uh, we we've mentioned this before, like off air of like, man, you know, there's like the Highway 71 Cup for hockey between Wadena Deer Creek and Park Rapids area. And that's fun. Uh, but there's no like there's not a ton of traveling trophies. There's not a lot of rivalry trophies. But it appears that uh, two park region conference teams are trying to get that started. You got more information on that? Yeah, it's called the Highway 10 Showdown Challenge Cup. And it's going to be held this year on Friday, January 26th at the New York Mills Public Schools. Uh, This is a quote from Activities Director Matt Radnicki where he says, we'll be playing for the Challenge Cup, which will become a traveling trophy. The games will rotate between New York Mills and Wadena Deer Creek every year. It's a a part of, this will be a boys basketball game. And uh, I just, I just love this idea so much. So correct me if I'm wrong. Is it like, Seventh, like junior high is playing and the varsity will play. Like, is that like New York Mills and Wadena, like seven through 12, like there's going to be matchups all day long, or is it just the varsity is playing and they're going to do a traveling trophy that day? Well, I don't know how the, the trophy will be awarded. Right. If it's like, uh, you know, in the, in the aggregate, a a cumulative thing, but yes, this is, um, this is how the schedule is going to work out that day. Third grade boys will play at 345. The fifth grade boys will play at 345. The fourth and sixth grade boys play at 430. C squad boys, 530. JV, 630. Varsity, 730. And there's a spaghetti supper that's running as a a benefit for all of this. Mm -hmm. um, That this year will support 
um, the uh, Mills Boys Basketball Boosters. Uh, cool. That that begins at 4.30 and runs through 7.30. So really neat thing happening between New York Mills and Wadena Deer Creek. And then you, you you tack on a traveling trophy on, on top of all this. What a cool way to feature the entirety of these programs. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about a long time. Like, we want, like, these traveling trophies. They're just fun. They add an extra layer. It's a little something. Uh, when I was at Bertha Hewitt, uh, they we had kind of a traveling trophy. So we shared an art teacher with Verndale and his name was Mr. Ailing. And in, he would have a classroom at one in Verndale, one at Bertha Hewitt. And he had a traveling trophy for football. It was this big, like ceramic, I think pig in like wearing a skirt. And, you know, cause like obviously Iowa and Minnesota play for the pig. It was our version of the traveling pig trophy. And like that was, and the winner got to have it in his classroom for the rest of the school year. Um, so like, that was kind of the fun part is like, we'd try and play and be like, we got to win the pig. Like that would always be the thing. Like we kind of say to ourselves, so it's fun to have a traveling trophy. It's fun just to kind of, it makes light of things. It's, I don't know. I I love it. It's what high school and college sports are about. And these rival, like these fun rivalries, not bitter in a sense, but just this like playful back and forth. And you have something to talk about. You have bragging rights. It's it's a lot of fun. So kudos to, to Wadena Deer Creek and New York Mills for, for getting that off the ground. I hope more schools do this. Well, and along the lines, uh, those same lines, there was um, not that many years ago, it, it had just started. They they had these showcase days. Do you, do you yes, remember those? Yeah. The Park Region Conference had a showcase on a Saturday, on a couple of Saturdays where one day it was all the boys teams in the conference would play each other at one site. And then on the other Saturday, all the girls uh, would. I, I always really like that idea, too, a way to get fans in. And, and you get to watch everybody if you want. It's a day of uh, just a full day, four games of basketball. And there was always some really fun. And I know the intent with that was to rotate between sites within the conference um, every single year. Um, it was really cool. We, uh, I think it was uh, ended up being a, you know one of the many COVID casualties. Um uh, why it went away, but, but that was really neat. And, you know, I always had these like, well, wouldn't it be cool to have like a showcase MVP then for the, for the entire day, just a way to celebrate what it is that you're doing. And the fact that New York Mills and Wadena Deer Creek are doing this in, in their own kind of small version, celebrating their programs and instilling some important rivalries. Uh, it's fun. It's really cool. Right, exactly. I mean, like, pipe dream for us. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if we had, like, a, a, a Hubbard Radio Wadena traveling trophy or some kind of, like, we pick, a like, a game or a rival. Like, we, you know, there's a traveling trophy that we sponsor or something. Like, like that'd be fun. That'd be fun to get to be our, our very own bowl game. Yes, exactly. Uh, it'd be our version of the Pop-Tarts Bowl. You can, uh, you, know, you can eat Corey alive after the game. The difference is, is I will fight you for the Pop-Tarts. <laughs> the winner has to fight me in hand-to-hand combat winner, the rights to those Pop-Tarts. For the rights to the Pop-Tarts, yes, you got to fight a grown man. Yes, that I, yes, we are, we're cooking here. It's not our version of the toilet bowl that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Right, right. Uh, but I still think it works. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I love these tra- like traveling trophies, rivalry games, like any kind of extra layer of fun you can add to it to where even the casual person can just get into it and enjoy it and whatever, because at the end of the day with high school sports, 
only a handful of teams make the state tournament. Only a handful of teams end up having like a big playoff run. And this is your way to enjoy the regular season and not just see it as a random Tuesday or a Thursday night game. And it really gets a chance to enjoy it and enjoy the fun of high school sports and kind of add that extra layer to it. So I'm all in. Congratulations, everybody. Uh, let's talk a little state sports. First of all, uh, a Twins headline that I saw come across the board earlier today from ESPN. It is said that Amazon is going to become, uh, I don't know what the right, a minority uh, shareholder uh, in the, I don't know, minority owner of Diamond Sports Group. Now, what is Diamond Sports Group? Well, they own Bally Sports, who used to home uh, house Twins games and still currently broadcast the Wolves in the wild. Right now, Amazon has stepped in to become a minority owner of said company. And with that, uh, things can change a little bit. For one, it could it's going to get Bally out of bankruptcy. Uh, which means that all the bankruptcy hearings can cease, they can pay off all the creditors, and they can kind of start fresh a little bit uh, here. What this means for Wolves in the Wild is almost nothing. Like, nothing changes right now for them. The games are still going to be on the cable networks. What this means for the Twins is the fact that they currently don't have a TV home, and I know we've mentioned this before, Corey, is that the uh, Twins could go back to Bally for a year and then renegotiate things. They could do something all on their own through MLB.tv. They could do some local games here and there. But I think this move by Amazon investing in Bally probably confirms that the Twins are going to have like a one-year re-up with Bally and then renegotiate everything next year. Whatever it takes to get them more available is really, uh, I mean, right. if it if it has to be if it has to be Bally, if Amazon being a part of this means that they're going to be available on platforms like YouTube TV or just a more readily had app and streaming service like Amazon Prime, just need them. I just need the twins actually available to watch. Um, right. So if, if this is all leading towards that, then this is great. If all this is doing is bailing out Bally so they can bury the twins and their obscure streaming service for the rest of eternity, then selfishly, this solves nothing for me. Right. And there's a case that it does solve nothing. There's a case that they still are only on the networks that they're currently or on the platforms they're currently on. And instead of having to buy the Bally Sports app, you have to pay the Amazon Prime subscription and like a $10 a month add-on or something like that. Um, which, you know, again, does that actually fix things? Does it not? That'll be interesting to see. But I think if the Bally Sports app goes away, I think that might just be a win in of itself. That thing stinks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that you've had troubles with it with with other viewing possibilities. Um, I I refuse. I just will. I will not acquiesce to their demands. <laughs> I, 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 I say it every time we talk about Bally. And it's burn it to the ground. They serve no purpose in my life at all. They're they're an actual impedance to the to how I would like to pursue my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I don't even pay for the bat. Like you can pay twenty bucks a month or whatever to watch all the Wolves Wild Twins games. I use my uh, parents' TV provider information because they have a service that offers Bally. So yeah. I am I am mooching a little bit here, but it still is the point of like. 
their app is slow. It barely works. You have to sign in every single time you use it, which is annoying. So yeah, burn it to the ground. They stink. Jeff, this is the one situation where Jeff Bezos can be the good guy for a lot of people and come in and, uh, and fix this situation. So I always love that guy. I see no issue with any, any, anything wrong with anything he is, has ever done or is currently doing. Look, invest in this so we can go back to space. That's all I'm saying. Please. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so there's your twins note. The Wolves are playing the dreadful Detroit Pistons tonight. Uh, I, the Pistons have three wins all year long. Uh, I think it, four. We want to give them proper credit. Oh, I think yes. it is four. Four wins. Yes. How yep. could I? I, you know, they only got four. You want to make them count. It uh, might only be three. I might be wrong. I'm just saying. If it is well, four, we want to give them credit for it. Right. And the typical, you know, the Minnesota sports uh, pessimist, the cynicist would go, well, they're probably losing tonight, aren't they? Which, I mean, <laughs> they're going to they're going to win. Like, I, you know, they may not. Some people probably see the score. It might be weirdly close. And some people like try and use that to prove a point. It's a random Wednesday game in January against a three win team. Whatever. And with the Thunder and the Nuggets both losing yesterday, the Wolves have currently a one and a half game to two game lead, depending on which standings you look in the Western Conference right now. They're gonna be uh they're gonna be just fine. So Wolves are playing the Pistons. It's been a real great sports year for Michigan if you just do not count the Pistons and the Red Wings. Correct. Um I I seem to remember during the Bulls' seventy-two win season, yeah, the previous um, all-time in-season record, they were seventy-two and ten. One of their losses, one of their ten losses, was at a pretty lowly Minnesota Timberwolves. So my point is, is even if they do lose, it's not like a, it's not an indictment. It's not like a big thing. It right. probably is not a big thing. Right. And maybe at the end of the year, you go, ah, darn it. Really could have needed that win. But also it's like, whatever. I mean, the Warriors, I think, had a loss to the Timberwolves in their record win season too, in their 73 win season. So in all likelihood, Cade Cunningham scores 48 points and Detroit loses by 17. (laughs) (laughs) And Detroit forgets to inbound the basketball, which they did in a recent game and made their coach who was coaching the Phoenix Suns last year, like a perennial team over the last couple of years. They fired him. He's now coaching Detroit. They paid him a lot of money, and their team can't even inbound the basketball correctly. And he's just like this, just like, I want to melt into a puddle and be taken away from this uh, godforsaken basketball state. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, we've kind of uh, obscured talking about them for a little bit, but I think it's time we end the sports desk by having this conversation, which is it's been brought up before about the future of the Vikings and the competitive rebuild aspect. And you want to win now while also knowing that you're going to have to fix some things about your franchise. And so far the Vikings have been competitive in the NFL landscape in the last two seasons, but talking about the future of the franchise, are the Minnesota Vikings like projected to have a good future? And you got to look in division because winning the division is the easiest path to the playoffs and the most likely path for a Super Bowl contender. You need to win your division. And the division right now, the winner, the Lions, they have a bright future. Their quarterback is ascending. Aiden Hutchinson looks like a star pass rusher. Jameer Gibbs is going to be good. They have pieces. They're going to be good for the next few years. And the Green Bay Packers, Lord help us all, might have another quarterback. 
So their competitive window is open. They have a good future. Young quarterback, young head coach. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, the Chicago Bears, th- I mean, their roster isn't great, but they have a lot of salary space, twice as much as the Vikings do, to go sign veterans. And they have the number one and, like, number eight overall picks. And They, they arguably had the biggest ascent in the division. Right. Just from, just from like, optics. Like, at, there were people from who a to B, the, yeah. The, the Bears to have the worst team, to be the worst team in the league, you know, much like Detroit a season ago was like, whoa, the Lions have something here. The Bears looked like maybe they had a little something by the end of the year. Right, exactly. And whether they move on from Justin Fields and take Caleb Williams or Drake May number one overall, or whether they stick with Justin Fields, use number one, the number one overall pick on Marvin Harrison Jr., or trade the number one overall pick and get a bunch of draft capital to keep building up that roster. Either way, the Bears have like a bre- there's like a future there. You can see a path, like you can see things kind of building. And Definitely. the Vikings are just kind of like they have some salary space, but if they they have 30 million, 37 million in salary space right now, but you got to re-sign Jefferson. If you're going to re-sign Cousins, that's going to eat up some money. If you want to re-sign Daniil, um, do the Vikings have the bleakest uh, the bleakest future? And by future, I just mean in the next three to five seasons. Through the next three to five seasons, do the Vikings have the bleakest future in the NFC North? Uh, I mean, by by all of those metrics, that's probably true. But it's also... Think about how quickly the future changed for Chicago in the matter of one season. Right. Like their future went from this is going to be the worst team in the league and there's no signs of life. And maybe hopefully for their sake, they're bad enough that they can get a a top pick to making an unbelievable trade. And in the matter of a season, they maybe found their quarterback of the future or they can draft one. They've got all of this capital. Like, like, I don't know if the Vikings have the bleakest future for the next five years. They probably have the bleakest future for next season. Right. Um, but that window can change so quickly that even things like, hey, maybe you do sign Kirk Cousins and he stays healthy and the Bears' ascent isn't as quick as they hoped or or Justin Fields isn't that guy or Caleb Williams is like, it's a rookie, it's his rookie season and it's just a weird rough go. Like the Vikings could be right back in the thick of things by week six next year. We just, we just won't know until we get there. Right. And yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Next season, the Vikings definitely do have the bleakest future. And I think this just kind of goes to the future for the Vikings is all going to depend on who is under center. I know that there's a lot of other things, but the, the Vikings roster isn't solely dependent on the quarterback. But as we've learned from years past, if you don't have a quarterback, your roster, your whole franchise is just kind of in limbo. And for the Vikings, I mean, this go this goes to my next question, Corey. Right now, today, gun pointed to your head. Is Kirk Cousins your starting quarterback next season? If you're asking me the answer to that question. Like if you had the option to pick. is If you're asking me, if you're like, Corey, you're in charge for a day, what are you doing? 
Um, I think probably. I think that's probably the case because the opportunity, like, I don't think you can run into next season with any of the options that closed out the season for the Vikings this year. Right. That is, uh, I mean, it might mean things are poor for you, but because of all the other circumstances surrounding the Vikings, like their money situation doesn't just clear up because they don't have cousins. Right. You talked about Jefferson. You talked about Daniil. You Like if they don't re-sign Kirk Cousins, that means Daniil is probably getting re-signed and, and Jefferson's getting his mega deal, which he's definitely going to get. So um, you would think with Cousins and Jefferson getting to the playoffs is a, is that's a thing they can do. That's a thing mm-hmm. they can do. You have to but you also have to decide is getting to the playoffs enough. Is that enough for you, or is there? Do we really need? How do we actually consider what it takes to be a Super Bowl contender? And I don't mean that as a slight on someone like Kirk Cousins. I actually think that Kirk Cousins can win a Super Bowl. Um, I do think some of the money issues surrounding Kirk Cousins and the money issues surrounding the Vikings will get in the way of them winning the Super Bowl and removing cousins from that scenario from that equation allows them to properly invest hopefully in some other pieces where they definitely have weak links well right and this is the big question and vikings twitter has already gone to war over what to do with kirk cousins there's a segment of the fan base that is like i'm ready for a fresh start i'm ready for the hype of a young quarterback on a team-friendly contract where you can build the roster around a little bit to have a young quarterback who can do some things. And there's the other side of the fan base that goes, Kirk Cousins, you know, outside of Fran Tarkenton, may be the best quarterback this franchise has ever had. Yes. So why are we why are we so quick to get rid of him? He has Justin Jefferson. He has Jordan Addison. He has an offensive-minded head coach. And who knows what Kirk Cousins would have did if he didn't tear his Achilles. Like, the Vikings are in the playoffs. And Kirk, we're probably not having this conversation. Um so there's some people who, again, look at Kirk Cousins and go, he's done so many good things. Why are we getting rid of him? And there's some that go, I'm just ready to be done and have a new quarterback. And Kirk has a ceiling. And that's where I think I'm at. I'm not opposed to bringing back Kirk Cousins. But I think, I mean, this is year number what? 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. This is year six of the Kirk Cousins experiment. I know he got hurt this year. But we know, Kirk Cousins has a ceiling. And he can get you into the playoffs. But like you said, can he win? And that's where I think if I'm deciding the Minnesota Vikings, I'm taking that gamble and I am getting a new quarterback. That doesn't mean that I don't like Kirk. It doesn't mean I don't think Kirk can do good things. It just means that if the season ended today or if the if the decision was made today, if I'm Kwesi and I got to tell O'Connell, here's my decision and I'm going to the ownership, here's my decision. We are moving on from Kirk Cousins and we're going to try something new. Now, I think realistically, Kwesi Dofo Mensa has a number of like, we'll bring Kirk Cousins back for X amount of dollars. And if Kirk wants anything more than that, we're not, we'll just go draft a rookie quarterback. I mean, I don't think the Vikings, I guess here's the thing. Is there a right or wrong path, Corey? Or is it like there's a path to victory for the Vikings on either scenario? I think I I am the eternal optimist in this, in, in this sort of situation um, in that I think there's multiple paths to you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But it 
it involves a little more creativity in re-signing Cousins. The, the, the question is, you know, can you win with Kirk Cousins? I think the answer to that is yes. But the team around him also has not ever – every team he's played for, in my opinion, is not like a Super Bowl caliber winning football team either. Like there are some other things that need to be in place. Um, and, again, I don't mean that as an indictment on Cousins. Like a year ago, his defense was awful. If that defense is half, you know, if if last year's defense was this year's defense, last year's team is in the hunt for some stuff. You know what I mean? So they have so many other right. issues that need to be solved. I just need those issues to be solved. And if that means that Kirk Cousins can't be the quarterback, that stinks. But I understand. If you can keep Kirk Cousins and solve those other problems, not just Band-Aid them, then that's I, that's probably the best-case scenario. Right. And I think the, the whole thing is the Vikings just haven't had a home-run draft class since 2015. And that's really what's kind of held them back because they've drafted terribly on the defensive side of the football. From Spielman and early on in Kwesi, they have not been able to hit on – you know, they found some Metallices and Bynums here and there, but they have not hit on like a superstar defensive player in a very long time. And and that's really what's kind of held this team back. But again, we'll figure it all out. We got a lot more time to talk about all this. It's going to be a fun kind of month and a half as the Vikings figure out the quarterback situation because they're going to decide early. They're not going to, this isn't going to linger until like April or the draft. Well, Kirk, know. Is, Kirk is the, is the piece in the NFL. Uh, right. Once Kirk happens, I think everything else can kind of happen. Right. Baker Mayfields and, 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 um, you know, there's some draft jockeying that, that needs to happen, which are going to be options that we can talk about, you know, uh, you know, is Kirk Cousins, a like a sign and trade kind of a deal. Like we'll, we'll sign him, trade him to you, Chicago. So that way we can get up and, and now we're, now you've got your team is close. Now you've got the quarterback who can get you over the hump. I, there's there's a there's a lot of things that and options that exist that'll be fun to talk about. This has been the morning sports desk for Wednesday, the 17th of January. The morning sports desk available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and Wadena Radio.com. <laughs>